Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and this week, the sometimes confusing, sometimes brilliant director Terrence Malick of Days of Heaven and Tree of Life has a new film about the Austin, Texas music scene. It's called Song to Song, starring Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett, Ryan Gosling, Michael Fassbender, Rooney Mara. What a cast. Plus, the Dallas International Film Festival is in its 11th year, and Haley and I have been attending and watching a number of smaller independent films. So, a discussion on the value of local film festivals and finding those little out-of-the-way movies. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. For this week's feature film based in Texas, we'll celebrate Fall Creek Vineyards with over 40 years of winemaking history at their winery outside of Austin. And in Scary Toast, The Power of Film Festivals? Thought it'd be fun to touch on the importance of travel and adventure and seeing it tasting at off-the-radar wineries. I love going to off-the-radar radar wineries with you. We do we do it a lot. I almost sounded like Elmer Fudd there. Off-the-radar <laughs> wineries. Off-the-radar wineries. <laughs> let's talk about song to so song. So let's talk about song to song. I'm a Terrence Malick fanatic. Terrence Malick, I'm going to say that 90% of the people listening right now might not have been to a Terrence or have seen a Terrence Malick movie in a while because they come and go mm-hmm. really fast. This is only playing in a handful of theaters. Yeah, they're definitely art yeah. films. They're, they're true art films, but this is the guy that did Badlands back in 1973 with Sissy Spek- Spacek and Martin Sheen. Just burst on the scene, Oscar-level film. And Days of Heaven, which kind of introduced Richard Gere to all of us in 1978. Uh, George Clooney and the Thin Red Line. Uh, and that was a pretty big film, though. The Thin Red Line was up for a whole bunch of Oscars right. and won, won a couple. Right. It, and he shoots with natural light a lot. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life with Brad Pitt and The Great. Um, um Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Oh my gosh! And then New World with you know Colin Farrell and To the Wonder. He did a film I still haven't seen yet called Night of Cups. But this is song to song. So it's set in Austin, Texas. It's about the music scene. Yes, kind of. It's kind of. It's the backdrop for mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and it's really about entangled couples. It's it's really songwriter Faye, played by Rooney Mara, mm-hmm. and her, and and then Ryan Gosling is also a songwriter mm-hmm. and, and a singer. Uh, there's a music mogul played by Michael Fassbender. There's a waitress played by Natalie Portman. And they're all mixed up with each other. Uh, also, you see interesting characters from time to time. The the people that are in this, the kind of yeah. the, the additional cast. Oh, yeah. Um, because it does look like it probably shot maybe around South by Southwest or something like that. But, During you the know, festival a lot. There's yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And there's Iggy Pop. And yes. then there's Val Kilmer. <laughs> Val Kilmer going really weird and yeah. ballistic and getting thrown out of the 
festival yeah. eyes. And yeah. then there's Kate Blanchett yeah. in a really significant little part. And then um, and Holly Hunter. And Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. I, I just think actors have always wanted to work with Terrence Malick mm-hmm. because he gets an idea. It's not necessarily a fleshed-out screenplay, and they get to improvise a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of walking around, laying on, laying on the ground, Very, laying on the grass. Yes, yes. A lot of nature shots because Terrence Malick has always been about that. Mm-hmm. But this is about a bunch of very troubled people. Oh, it's so tragic. They could be bankers. They could be lawyers. Yeah. They could be film critics. They could be. They could be wine mm-hmm. master sommeliers, mm-hmm. but it's the backdrop of the music scene. But they're, they're, they have so many, these people have so many regrets and they misbehave really badly. Oh, yeah. Constantly. It's, it's bad decisions. It's, it's getting caught up in, in a very fast life. It's trying to follow your dreams and what do you, what do you give in order to do that? And it, there's such a there's such a sadness in, in all is. of these characters. There's such a sadness. Is this a good film? I, I I'm still trying to process it. We we just saw it, um, right? And, and and so to to kind of take it all in. It's it's a very long film too. And I um, there weren't a lot of people in the theater with us. Um, sadly, one gentleman left um, before <laughs> a big part of you know before Natalie Portman's character was even introduced. Yeah. Which seeing it as a complete film. I actually think that I like it. I I, I'm I, still yeah. trying to. I'm still trying to understand it. But it, in some things, I think maybe I never get a complete picture. I actually think this this was a complete story, and I think that there are lots of of inference and reference and mm-hmm. and and how 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 these people will how these people got here and then what they're going to become. It's the opposite of a Hollywood formula movie. Mm-hmm. And nothing is spelled out for you. <laughs> nothing is spelled out for you, and you better you better figure it out mm-hmm. as you watch. But these 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 there's a lot of deep rich themes here. There's a there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of tragedy. Well, there's there, a th- sense of just trying to to belong and not you know the Rooney Mara character just really kind of got me because she's just she's she's so closed off because she's she's tried to please for so long and. And has never been able to please anyone, and so instead of allowing herself to hurt anymore, she just closes herself off. But right. then makes just these bad decisions because right. she she gets caught up, and Natalie Portman gets caught up, and it yeah. You know, if you're an artist, so and this begs this question, and it's not really literally about this; it's kind of a metaphor for this. But say you grow up and you have this dream of. Say you want to be an artist or a music mm-hmm. person, and mm-hmm. you would start writing songs. You don't know how good you are. And you meet a really famous music producer mm-hmm. who is incredibly wealthy, and you're terribly poor. Mm-hmm. And and he likes you and starts showering you with gifts and likes your music, but you're not really sure. But you enter that world. Mm-hmm. You go into that world thinking— well, this could be really good for me in my career. This mm-hmm. is said a lot in this film about almost every character. Mm-hmm. If I just kind of go in here and do this for a while, mm-hmm. uh, I won't lose myself, but this will be good for my career. And it's not. Well, the interesting thing I also think just about about Rooney Mara as a, as an actress and the fact that she was chosen for this role, because there's a lot of what this very wealthy music producer, Michael Fassbender, a lot of what he does have around him are a lot of a lot of very made up women with really big boobs right. and and trying to and and not a lot of clothes and trying to to use their 
their <laughs> their female prowess to um to attract this lifestyle. And then you have Rooney Mara, who's so um she has her hair pulled back pretty much ninety percent of the time. She yeah. she she is such a she's she's such not a, throwing it all out there. Not at all. And she's such a, it, wearing very kind of um I don't want to say matronly dresses, but she's yeah, but she's demure. She's very yes, she's and and that's what he that's what he wanted though. That's the interesting thing. And oh, it's the is it the, so? It's the thrill of the hunt, and I can't have that, so I'm going to do whatever I can to have that. Yeah, because everybody else is so obvious that you can have this, right? Right, as they say to themselves. Mm-hmm. And we've seen you've we've seen all this at so many parties mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. different things. You see it in social circles mm-hmm. all across the world. Mm-hmm. But but it's those things are really important themes, and I and I and then finding out what does make you happy. There is a there is a little bit of an ending here. Mm-hmm. It's it's short, and it just happens. Happens. But there's a there's a sense of I, I I think there's a little hope for at least two of these characters mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, it's a re- I think he, you have to know well, what you're getting into. This is just not your normal film. I think there was definitely a, a like I said an, an arc. You go through excitement, you go through sadness, then you go through forgiveness, and then you you know you kind of mm-hmm. it, it is more fleshed out. I think than than is it an eight or twelve step program? <laughs> well, and it's you know, and it's shot in Austin, and I think that just the backdrop of mm-hmm. of Austin is also a a really interesting character, and yeah. and you have a lot of a lot of not only the music scene, but just like 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 Austin and and a lot of a lot of water scenes and and I think if you get online and start looking at all the different reviews on Terrence Malick films they're all mixed mm-hmm. so you have to figure out what you like I'm a big fan of Terrence Malick and I I I will go every time he makes a film to see it and I'm a huge fan and I admire him so much he's his own deal I don't know how these films make any money mm-hmm. I don't know how financially they all work but apart from all of that cuz that's none of my business I think he's kind of a genius mm-hmm. And he's an auteur, and he's his own deal. And and he he attracts an incredible. Cast. Every actor in the world wants to be in a Terrence Malick film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like every actor wants to be in a Christopher Guest uh-huh. waiting for government uh-huh. best in show film for com- <laughs> for completely <laughs> different reasons. So I love that. So it's I a Texas. That. It's Texas based, and and if you've ever been to Austin, it's completely shot in and around Austin. Yeah. All the lakes, all the waterways, almost every food truck is in it. Uh-huh. And restaurants are in it, and downtown, and it's and the music festival, and it's really interesting. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It, yeah. And they 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 dr- they were drinking a lot of beer. But they were also drinking a lot of wine. Were they drinking a lot of wine? It seemed like I saw lots of glasses of red wine. That's right. There were being enjoyed. We never saw a bottle though, which I'm always on the the lookout for. But I'm gonna say maybe they should have been drinking some Fall Creek Vineyards from Ed and Susan Aller. We love their wines. We and I just love them. I love them as a couple. I love their story. They um, took a trip to France in 1973 and fell so in love with with wine country and wine travel that they thought that they could grow great wines in Texas. And and they do a lot of actually Bordeaux varieties um, as well as some, some they, they make a Chardonnay. They don't do a Pinot because I'm going to say anyone. Pinot, Pinot in Texas is just not, we're, we're not the state to grow right. Pinot. Um, they do make a, a really interesting Chardonnay, though, that, um, and their Sauvignon Blanc is one of my favorites. I've always liked their Sauvignon Blanc. They want to, they, they wanted to make these Bordeaux varieties. So in 1975, they established um, Fall Creek Vineyards. As I said, it was, it's kind of based right outside of Austin um, in Toe. 
And then they also have a second location in Driftwood right across from Salt Lake. And that's 42 years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's an old winery. For Texas. Yes. Oh, it is. Wow. It is. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So they, they celebrated their 40th anniversary just a couple of years ago. Wow. Gary can add. <laughs> well, I'm adding with my fingers while you're talking. Um, I added in tens with each digit. And then in 2013, and because we went down to visit them just a couple of years ago and had a chance to visit with um, both Susan, who I've known for, for a while and, and really do think they're lovely people, which I always love to support really great people making a great product, but they... Um, and they, they knew they needed a new winemaker, and they called on one of their, their old friends, and it's not a bad friend to have. It's Paul Hobbs, who is one of the, the you know, kind of changed some of the, the playing field for Malbec and Argentina, as well as making some of the best Napa Valley and Sonoma County um, wines that, that we have had. Uh, called on Paul Hobbs to say, hey, do you have anybody who might be able to help us out? And they found Sergio Caudra, who's a Chilean winemaker um, and and is a complete brainiac. I have to say we we sat and tasted with Sergio and I, I didn't um, I didn't understand half of what he said because he's I think he's he's also brilliant. I think that he he is such a, a science has such a, a scientific background. And, and taking the whole playing field of how to really um, not only grow great vines in Texas, but um, then really let, put, let the vines speak so much for the terroir and, and allow the vines to, to, to really shine. He, he is a hands-off winemaker, but wants to make sure that he's got the right varieties planted. Right. And he's got, which now are a lot of the kind of Rhone varieties that we've found do really well in Texas. As so well let me wrap my head around this. You have a Chilean winemaker, winemaker yes, in, wine Texas, in Texas making French-style well, I mean, but they also to, trying to make they, French. They style. also have they they do their Bordeaux varieties, but they've also done um, as I was just alluding to. Um, they've also planted a lot of of Rhone varieties, mm-hmm. um, as well as Tempranillo, which we know does very well. Does in very Texas. well in Texas. And and I think that it's a an even more exciting time for them. They have a, a few different lines of wine, and their their actual like vineyard series and Tawa series. I. I, I think those wines will continue to to really grow and develop under underneath. Um, and if we're going to tell people, leadership. if we're going to recommend, say, hey, if I was going to go visit a winery in Hill Country, yeah. which one would I go well, to? This is one of them we always say. It is well, and it's it's nice if you do kind of go and and do a wine country excursion. That's a great um, place. As kind of as we get into the next segment, I think if you're going to do a little Texas Hill Country, Driftwood is really cool because you can go to Salt Lake. Which is always a fun thing. Salt Lake barbecues across it's, the street from Fall Creek Winery. And it's right there. It's right there. And um, Dukeman is also yes. in Driftwood, which is another great Texas wine that, that we like a lot. Um, and Fall Creek actually has guest rooms. You can actually um, rent a, a guest room on their property there. And then they've got uh, a kind of, they, they have chefs down a lot and bring in. So they do a lot of like dinner events at the winery. And then you can just have like small bites with your. Um, wine yeah. tasting. It's it's a really lovely property. I want to say it was a, a, formerly a home that the Allers bought and kind of had transformed and into yeah. a tasting room as well as these lovely. Raise um, your hand if you spent the night there. And it's yeah. it was just great. It, it and and again, it's it kind of makes for a whole experience when you can go down 
and have um, try a def- couple different wineries, get some good barbecue, and then hang out at a really cool Hey, we're house. talking Texas a little bit today. And yeah. when we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a look at film festivals and why we think they're so important to a local community. In this case, the Dallas International Film Festival. And some of the films that we've been seeing, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Now, here's a question for all of you, if you're listening right now. When was the last time that you attended a film festival? And have you ever been to one? And what do you love about film festivals? This is an easy question for uh, for both of us, for Haley and I, because DIFF 2017, or Dallas International Film Festival, uh, has been going on for about a week. Mm-hmm. It goes on for 11 days. It's over 150 films during that time. It's put on by the Dallas Film Society, which is dallasfilm.org. And we've been to the Toronto Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I went to that every year for a dozen years. Uh, I've hung around Sundance, but not been to the festival. South by Southwest is huge. And really, if you look into your community and where you live, there's probably at least one film festival. There is. And if you're in a major city, there's more than a dozen Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. all throughout the year. But the Dallas one is big. So we went the other night, and we watched the uh, 50th anniversary premiere of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I like what they did this year by kind of taking 1967 and uh, making the the kind of backbone of this year's festival as a celebration of the great films of of 67. Because there were so many. We also went— There's so many. They did a screening of Camelot, Camelot. the other day. We went to this so big fun. theater in downtown Dallas, the city performance hall, and there's Camelot, and it's a it's perfect. It's print. a beautiful print. Yes, they did a the the. It was so joyful to see that film that. I, I would like to say, I haven't seen <laughs> it in a while, but actually I think we saw it just a year or two ago because we do love Camelot. Well, we watched bits and pieces of it. Um, but Richard Harris is so great. And Vanessa Redgrave, who we never think of in musicals. Yeah. And Franco Nero oh, as Lancelot lovely. is really kind of funny, weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it takes this big turn about halfway through and becomes a very serious, dark mm-hmm. film. But for the first half, it's— King Arthur is a very sad story. It's the lusty month of May. And then it's, <laughs> oh my God, my wife ran off with, with Lancelot. With my best friend, my and son, Excalibur, the sword. <laughs> and every, but every time you watch Camelot, it's easy to think that you might drift off into Monty Python, very much, and the so. Holy Grail. Jokes. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, they're there. So we saw, we walked into this uh, theater the other night because one of the great things about film festivals is mostly filmmakers are there, cast members are there, a lot of times the director is there, the producers there, and they're little films that you might not see in th- see in theaters. They'll end up probably all being on demand at some point, but they'll, they'll get lost if you don't find them. And one was called Bomb City, and it was a sold-out audience, and a lot of the crew members were there and some of the cast members. Mm-hmm. And Bomb City takes place in Amarillo in the late 1990s, and it's a true story. 97, yeah. 97 of Brian Dennecke, and Brian Dennecke was a punk rocker. You know, he had a mohawk haircut, and he was slam dancing, and they, they were living a wild and crazy lifestyle in Amarillo, but also a really good kid. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of story that you see. They even brought up the connotation of West Side Story, that mm-hmm. you have two different— Romeo and Juliet. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll get something of my throat. Uh, Man. 
uh, uh, vein. Yeah, you have the socias. You know, you kind of have all the jocks and the guys from school, and you have the, the very conservative church community, which has no nothing. They have no idea what to do with right. punk rockers. Well, and the the interesting thing about this, and and actually, Gary did a story on on this film as or a review of this film as well as the next one he's going to talk about that we put up on our blog um, the other day. The, the 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 thing about this film and and it was definitely told from from the Denneke perspective and yes. for him and his brother, but they were really good kids. They were good they, kids. They went home and had dinner with their parents that that welcomed them, never never said you guys aren't you're you're a punker, get rid of that mohawk. They 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 celebrated their children. They celebrated their children's friends. Mm-hmm. They they welcomed these people. And then you have another side of the community that they didn't even they didn't even try to understand. Them. No, not at they, all. And and I think that that's In fact there was a lot of hatred towards them. There's it's it's again, it's it's a story that we're seeing. It plays like it's playing today. Like it's like nothing has you know, changed. We're drawing, yeah, we're drawing so many lines against people. We hate so many groups hate, of people. And now. why do you hate them without ever getting to know them? Yeah. This is what is is just very tragic. Or as a lot of people story. say, I don't really hate them. I just, but they don't. But they never take the time to get to know. No, them. they don't take the time to get there. And eventually, this became a crime scene because they had a big fight one night between a whole bunch of jocks from the high school and a whole bunch of. Um, punk rockers, punk and mm-hmm. Brian uh, was killed, and it's tragic. And then it becomes a court case and a court drama, and what happens in that court drama is just shocking. It's just absolutely shocking and true. So look for Bomb City. And so here's here's one of the melancholy things. We're in the audience, and the whole crew gets up there. Half of them are crying because it was, I think it was their second world premiere, and stands yeah, they, up in the it audience. Premiered the, now yeah. I'm getting teary-eyed. Yeah. It, um, it had premiered the night, before, the night before, and this was their their second um, screening. And they're in the audience, sitting about the fifth or sixth row, and they stand up as Brian's parents, and who lost their kid in the late 90s. And and they're there, and family members are there. And this just getting this, this is what I love about film festivals. Just getting this story made is a miracle, because it's not a big-budget film. It's very well made and acted. It's a powerful story. It's never heavy-handed. It just is what it is, and it's tough. But boy, it's good. Yeah. I hope that it. Yeah. I hope it finds a distributor because I it's, do too. it's you know it's a, it's not a big film, but it's it's yeah. it's a it's a really well made film. I thought, I'm just so glad it got made. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and just filmmaking wise, I think it was actually made really well. You know, it's because you, you think of just the 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 time and the work and the dedication and the passion and. Again, we're going to get into this a little bit um, on the wine side, but to get a film made, you know, baby, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's hard. To, to actually have a finished product and then to have that finished product be good enough to get into a festival, especially one that is prestigious like, like the Dallas like Dal- Yeah. So. so I saw another little film called The Big Spoon. I'll just real quickly. Yeah. But it's an unromantic comedy about a couple that probably should not be together. Yeah. And they really should be apart, but they're together the whole movie. And it's uh, it's it's our friend Mallory Colbert who wrote the screenplay, uh, co-wrote it, uh, wrote the original story, stars in the film, plays Mallory in the film, and Zachary Knighton, who you've seen in a lot of films, including a film we worked on called Believe Me, is her boyfriend, and he's a narcissist, and he's all self-involved. And uh, and then this other girl comes to visit, played by Isabel McNally, and she brings her crazy boyfriend Augustine Silva. Who's just this kind of wild guy, and they're having sex every five minutes, and 
And uh, Mallory's all buttoned up and takes care of everybody and at some point has never really found herself. And these, it's called the big spoon because she's always the big spoon when she spoons with her boyfriend. <laughs> she's always the one behind reaching around. She's and, the barnacle. Yeah. She's, she's, and, and, you know what? It's really well written, and it's a slice of life movie that may never play in theaters, and you need to find it because it just tells the truth. And it's shot in Austin as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And it just tells the truth about people in real life situations. I believed all of these people in this. It's kind of a miracle it got made. I think it's on not just a small budget, but a micro yeah. budget. We might yeah. even call it a macro budget. So. But it's, you know, you find film festivals and you find these little out-of-the-way movies just like you find wine somewhere in the world. I mean, it's an adventure, isn't it? Well, I think that that's – and and the I don't know that I ever want to make wine. I, I've, I worked a, a little bit of a harvest once, and that was very hard work. Um, I've bl- certainly blended a lot. I've, I've done a lot of, of blendings and, and – and find it really interesting, but I don't know that like I don't need to have my name on a on a label yet. Yet, but that may um, happen someday. Yeah. But the the passion, the the whole reason that I I I started this, the whole reason I started writing, the whole thing, the whole point of why I got into the wine industry was because of the story behind it. Because in order to get that juice in that bottle, it is. It's some of the hardest work that that anyone can ever imagine, F- from the financial commitment, which is not small, huge, to the to just to just having to rely on Mother Nature. I mean, it's it's farming, farming chemistry, and and yeah. it's and it's very it's it's not glamorous for me. You know, it's these people aren't. It's some of the hardest work. It's backbreaking work. And what if you have no social skills? How do you sell your work? And then how do you actually get out there and sell it? Because yeah. that's the yeah. thing. A lot. I've I've interviewed a lot of winemakers that are brilliant, but they're chemists. And 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 it, I always kind of laugh when 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 these very brainiac winemakers um, are 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 put in an interview situation because they're not, you know, I think as a writer, we love the romance. We want to hear about mm-hmm. the the romantic side of of any industry and and the passion behind making a movie or the passion behind making a bottle and 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 but you also have to you have to you have to have that brain. You have to be brilliant. Yeah, and you have to be able to communicate your wine. Well, and then have a it's, or have a really good salesperson, which is why yes. I do applaud these kind of when you see um, a, a lot of second generation um, families or third generation families that are are in the business now, especially in in some kind of emerging region, regions like Croatia. Um, even though Greece is certainly not emerging, but it's their their wines are getting more play now. Have you know the children of maybe the person that started some of these small wineries, and they've often said if there are two kids, one child is the enologist, one child is the business. And so mm. it's like the perfect combination that because a, then you can is. have somebody that actually can go out and sell and tell the story and then somebody that can actually be in the vineyards. I think the cake breads are a great um, a, a great example of Bruce that. Bruce and with, David? With Dennis. Um, Dennis, Dennis yeah. and, and Bruce. And yeah. though I love Bruce, Bruce has always been more the um, 
the vineyard side and and the wine side, and Dennis has always been more the sales side. Um, though I think Bruce is actually completely charming, and I'd love to, mm. anytime I can sit down and have a chat with him is is joyful. But you've been to all these different regions. Well, and I and that the other side of all of this, kind of like some of these film festivals, and just just scanning through Netflix and finding random movies is a lot of these wines in regions all over the all over the country as well as all over the world will never find distribution. They're going to be sold directly out of their tasting room. Right there at the winery. 85% of the wines made in Provence are sold directly out of their tasting room. So the fact that we really have any rosé for um and and Provence rosés are are celebrated as some of the finest in the world. Only 15% of the wines made in Provence are actually make it here. Are actually um, exported to or to not only France but also the rest of the world. Wow! So the fact that we have any at all, yeah, is is to be celebrated. And I think that there are certainly incredible options. But imagine what they keep at home, and and then some of these places like. Idaho and Michigan that are are starting to make really interesting Rieslings and our trip up to the Okanagan. And, uh, you know, Canadian wine is not something that we really see a lot of in the U.S. But so many Canadian producers are just never going to to get their wines into the U.S. They're not going to be distributed. And and that's kind of the the beauty of great travel. And yeah, you can, we've taken so many people to Napa and we've taken so many people to Sonoma and, and it, it kind of makes, it makes me sad when someone just says, I want to drive up 29 and hit, hit, right. hit the wineries that I've always known about, Highway 29. And I love some of those wineries and they're great wineries, but also get on that little, get, get on, on that, that little, little road. side road, go, go up to the top of Howl Mountain and, and find Viator or find, you know, when we found Ladera up there and, and Kate is up at the top. There's so many wines that, that are not the, the most obvious. Right, they're not the most obvious. Uh, I'll never forget when we were in Walla Walla and we're walking around downtown, which is a very small downtown, mm-hmm. and I walked into a tasting room and found Nicholas Cole, Cole mm-hmm. wine, which does not exist yeah, anymore. Sadly. sadly. Sadly does not exist and ended up buying some of the last bottles. That's some of the that's some of my favorite wine and uh, and the story of that and to me story is, is what's so special. Yeah, I felt like really discovered. I remember getting on the phone and calling back to Texas saying Telling a couple yeah. people, yeah, I just found some of the best wine was, I've ever had. It was just beautiful. Yeah, they, a, they made beautiful wines. Walla Walla Bordeaux was, blend, and it was just beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, they had a good thing. So you find you find the little pockets of wine, not the obvious, and you go to film festivals, and, and you explore. find the little movies, and you you may have never heard about it, but you read the little description, and you buy a ticket for six, eight, ten right. bucks, and you go in there, and then all of a sudden there's the director, and there might not be anybody else in there, and don't don't. Make that don't don't let somebody else's decision not to see a film affect your decision to see a film. I agree. I think that that's don't just do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, because you'll find something that that might be really special. We saw Hurt Locker at at the film festivals uh, several years ago, months before it ever came before out. Before it ever came out, yeah. Um, we saw that film Liberal Arts. You remember that yes, little film? That cool little film Liberal um, Arts. I, I I'm always I, I'll never forget being at a film festival years ago and I'm in the men's room. This is an odd story, but I'm in the men's room and there's Alan Alda standing next to me, 
And I looked at him, and then I walked back out of the theater, and he's on stage because he just directed a film I'd never heard of. Yeah. I remember seeing the great Santini at a film festival because it was called The Ace and wasn't released by studios because they didn't think it was very good. God. And then Robert Duvall ends up being nominated for an Oscar for it, and it's a great film. Yeah. Or The Stuntman. I mean, the, it's, the, the point is... Just go. Just go and try. Don't overthink it. Pick one out and go and join the festival. And that's the nice thing because there will definitely be, as I said, there is wine now made in every single state. I'm not saying it's all good, but you might find something that you wouldn't find otherwise, like our Nicholas Cole. Yeah. Um, there's a film festival. There, there are probably a dozen film festivals in in whatever city you happen to be in. The Waxahachie Film Festival is getting ready to come yeah. up, and that's such a fun celebration of not only great, you know, Texas people, but they bring in a, a, a interesting assortment from yes, they from do all over. A so. whole bunch of actors show up for that, and you're in a little town and you're just hanging out. Yeah. Hey, there's Robert Benton who wrote Places in the Heart, right. and directed that film. That's this, this is a good. This this makes me happy today. So there are still a couple days of of the Dallas Film Festival. It wraps up on Sunday, so it, yeah, so wraps, you'll have a, a yeah. couple more days to to get out. Check um, DallasFilm.org for um, to get onto the film festival website. You can see what else is playing on Saturday and Sunday. Next week on Wine and Film, a perfect parent. Those crazy men and women in fast cars, uh, and they go even faster this time. I hear. And this time it's on ice, because I've seen the TV added. Part 8 of the Fast and Furious series. This one called The Fate of the Furious. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm kind of a fan. I used to hate these movies. Now I'm all in. Fate of the Furious uh, with Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Dwayne Johnson, better known as The Rock. And this time, Charlize Theron. I think it's going to be great. She's joined the cast. Can't wait. That's awesome. Um, as I said, Gary actually already did a review on two of the films we saw at the film festival, but we'll have something on Song to Song up on our blog, as well as a little bit more on the wines we talked about today. Um, or go to cogillconsulting.com and our Facebook page. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.